0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 33 minutes past the hour
1: here in our nation's capital in El Willingham. Here with you on The Fan until 3.35 this afternoon before I pass the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. That's baseball following myself here on The Fan. That's... Building the show for me here. Had to completely rip up the show sheet, throw everything out the window. You all know the breaking news that we got here in about the second segment of the show. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Headline reads Juan Soto rejects a $440 million offer from the Nationals. And in response to that, the Nationals will now entertain trading him. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today as our own Grant Paulson here. And, Grant, help us sort through this Juan Soto news here this afternoon. Give us the details on the potential offer that Juan Soto rejected, and where do you think this goes from here?
2: Well, the offer was for 15 years and $440 million. And I can confirm it had no deferments. They made the offer, and he has turned it down. So what does this mean, right? This, to me, means there's nothing they're going to offer Juan Soto that he's going to accept before he hits free agency. He's two and a half years from being a free agent at 23 years old. And the Nationals, who I've beat up on at times for not working early enough, hard enough on trying to sign Trey Turner or Anthony Rendon or Bryce Harper, have made him not only a reasonable offer, but a really good offer, frankly. You're talking about the biggest offer in the history of baseball. It had been $426.5 million to Mike Trout. Nobody's topped that. Soto at 440 would have blown past that. Here's the issue from the player side, though. Scott Boris would tell you, that's not even thirty million dollars a year. There are fifteen players in baseball that make over that, and he probably Boris and Soto would like the number to be closer to thirty-five million a year. That's the sweet spot, top of the market. That's Mike Trout. That's Carlos Correa on a short year, uh, year deal with the Minnesota Twins. And so I'll bet what they're looking for is something closer to thirty-five a pop. Fifteen years, you extrapolate that out, that's five hundred twenty-five million. The Nationals are not going to offer that, and understandably so. No one's ever gotten 430 million, million. They're not going to offer four and a half, you know five hundred twenty-five million, two and a half years before you're a free agent. But the fact that they made this offer, remember they'd offered 300 plus in the offseason, he turned that down. I said at that time, you know, that was cute, kind of a pat on the head, adorable little attempt. Let's get real here. This is getting real. You know, this is trying to drag him out to the dance floor, but it takes two to tango, and Scott Boris Likes to reset the market. Scott Boris likes to shatter records. And he has an asset here who could break every record in the history of baseball for how much money could be made if he gets to the market. Juan Soto's is obviously not born and raised in D.C. Doesn't have ties to D.C. I'm sure he likes it just fine. Just bought a place, I believe, in Arlington. But he could get to know Los Angeles or New York or a lot of other places as well. And I'm sure he likes the idea of hitting the market and resetting every financial goal and, and record that there is. So, I'd say today is the first step, in my opinion, for the Nationals, knowing pretty convincingly that it is unlikely Juan Soto is going to accept a contract offer from them.
1: If you're the Nationals, GP, from the team's perspective, do you even, and you kind of mentioned it, do you think that they they give him another offer to where it gets anywhere near, and it might not meet the exact number he's looking for, do you think the negotiations continue here, or are they now, and let's shop Juan Soto mode?
2: Well, I would up the offer again. I would. I, I I have a sweet spot for Juan Soto in my heart, like I do for cookies and brownies, and I just can't help <laughs> myself. So I'm going to offer him probably four fifty, four sixty. I'll get up over. They don't like that. That number starts with the two at twenty nine point three. Okay, I'll get into the low thirties. What I'm not going to do in a sport where ten year, two hundred forty million dollar contracts went bad. Now that was mostly for players in their upper twenties and thirty. He's obviously twenty three. I'm not going to lock in 15 and 525 right now for Juan Soto. I just can't do that. I mean, he's going to be playing first base or DH, you know, two-thirds of the way through that contract. I think that gets really, really difficult. So there's a sweet spot. There's probably one more offer they could make if they want to. My guess is they have a pretty good feel right now that he wants to go to the market. And remember, they have a bad farm system for the most part. They have a pretty thin group of minor league players. They have to rebuild this organization. They're trying to do that. It might take a long time. Well, one way that overnight, and I'm not advocating for this because I love Soto and my goal would be that he plays for the Nationals forever and he goes to the Hall of Fame with the curly W on his hat. But if they were to trade him, well, now what we're talking about here is a package of four or five of the best prospects in the system. You know, three elite blue-chip talents and another two guys in the top ten from a good system in baseball. Here is where this is borderline impossible to pull off. The only team that would trade for him, in my opinion, is one of the big market clubs who could pay him. There's only a handful of those. Then of those, you have to pick through and find who's got a good enough system to entice you with blue-chip prospects. So now your pool of teams you could possibly trade them to is really minuscule. You know, would a team like the Dodgers blow up their entire system for two and a half years of Soto? Yeah. Would a team like the Yankees or the Red Sox do that? I don't think so. Here's why. Yes, you get Soto, and yes, you try to go win a World Series. You're talking about not knowing if he's going to re-sign. It's it's a a rental for – I don't think they're going to do it right now, for the record. If they've got two and a half years of him, maybe they pull it off. I think it's this offseason at the earliest, probably a year from now, year and a half rental. You're talking about a team essentially undoing years of building their system up and going from one of the better systems to a middle-of-the-pack or worse system to rent Soto for a season and a half or two seasons it's just a hard sweet spot, man. It's a tough needle yeah. to thread. And I think finding a dance partner here is going to be really, really difficult. The Rosenthal report today you've been talking about, buddy, Rosenthal is saying they're going to start looking into trades. And I'm sure that's what they'll do. I just, I'd just i be shocked if he got traded this season. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he got traded this off season, but the chances are higher. I think the sweet spot is a year from now.
1: But, GP, on the other side of that token, as you get closer – to, to, to where he, he he's about to enter free agency, doesn't his value, I guess, go down? Because you're, you're now going to have less control of him if you're the team trading for him. Like you mentioned, the possibility of it just being a rental if it's not one of these big yes. market teams?
2: Yeah, every day closer to free agency, his value goes down. So theoretically, you're getting less back. But my point on that is that teams might not... I, I just talked to someone within you know the last hour after this broke about like what a deal would look like for a certain team. And they're plugged in a baseball person with the club, and, and they said something along the lines of, "Like what it would take from the Dodgers, they're not going to give you. right? <laughs> and, and right now, it would, because he's two and a half years from free agency, there's no precedent of a player of this caliber with this much control left being traded. It's never happened before for a reason. Because the amount you have to give up for two and a half years of Soto dominating is otherworldly. And I just don't see teams doing that. To your point, if you wait a year, you get less back. But that gets you into more of what is a plausible, realistic return. You know, whereas if you trade them next year at this time, I could see you getting, I'm just talking, you know, guessing, spitballing, but like the top three pro- prospects in a system or something crazy for like a year and a half of Juan Soto. Yeah. I don't know how much more or better than that you could do now. And if you're not, I don't know if it's worth it.
1: Yeah, from, from, from an organizational standpoint here, how much does, uh, does, does the pending sale of this of this baseball team have to do
2: with this deal? And good or not question. Done or not. I think it complicates it for sure. I really do, Linnell. I think that the fact that we don't know who the owners are going to be in the future is a complicating factor. However, the learners aren't okaying this. Mike Rizzo and his staff aren't putting together the offer. If they aren't also running this by potential – buyers right right clearly and i think there was a report from Barry for in the post who does a great job covering this but there was a report recently something along the lines of all of the potential buyers for the nationals like the nationals more with soto on the team than not of course (laughs) so i'd imagine you know not only is an asset that adds to the value of the club you get more if he's with you than after you you trade him let's say but i'd imagine they've talked to these owners and they say okay what are you willing to go now, if you're buying this team, what contract do you want to inherit for Juan Soto? Oh, the part that I'm really interested in is, if you were to trade him, I think that is a blow to selling this team and to 100%. what you could get back. So I, I would just be curious. if I don't think you could sell him. If, if you are about to buy the Nationals and they sell him without asking you, that would be egregious. I just <laughs> have a hard time believing that that would be the case.
1: That, that would cost a lot of beef. Things would definitely get unchi if, if that was. But going what have we
2: talked about? Yeah. We yeah, it, totally right. But we've talked about a team that that hasn't.
1: Done- no, like GP's behind right up here
2: with a little bit. You there? Ah, sorry, I'm in the parking lot at Dodger Stadium. Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> well, all right, big time. Really. GP peeling back the curtain. Tell us what you what are you doing out there, by the way, buddy?
2: I'm going to be working the Futures game today, man. I'm, I'm We're actually driving over right now. I'm, I'm hanging out with my uh, SiriusXM crew. So we're, we've got the Futures game NLAL dugouts today. So I'll be in the National League dugout doing reporting during the uh, minor league All-Star game.
1: Silly, silly. Get a, get a chance to look at some of these prospects that could be coming back in return, right?
2: That's right. I love it. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Unfortunately, Kate Cavalli, Nat's top arm, won't be here because of the blister issue he had last week. They've got two players here, Dusty Baker's son, Darren, who's an A-plus ball at Wilmington. Uh, has a couple home runs and 10 steals on the season. Not much of a prospect, but a really good story. And then a guy who's pitched really well for them, Jose Ferrer, who's a 22-year-old lefty who just got, uh, you know, just dominant numbers this year, an A-plus ball. will be in double-A very soon. Yeah. Well, Nine, left-hander, throws 97, can touch 99. has got a good cutter, a little bit of a slide piece, change-up. Uh, he's going to be on display today, too. He got added to the roster for Cavalli, and I've never seen him in person yet. He's got big strikeout numbers, 28 appearances in the minors this year. He's been really good, so I'm looking forward to seeing him, too.
1: GP going to be a kid in the candy shop. Hey, I want to let you go on this. So Bob Nightingale just just tweeted this out, and there have been conflicting reports out there the entire time about this thing and whether or not deferred money was a part of this. this. This is from Nightingale. He says, the Soto 15 year 440 million dollar contract was heavily backloaded the last 6 years reducing the overall value the biggest reason for rejecting the offer was that the 29.3 annual average value ranks only 20th now and that pales in comparison to Max Scherzer's contract for the baseball people out there baseball for dummies explain how big of a deal it is and how much of a deal breaker it could be with potential heavily backloaded contract like what would that do from a negotiating standpoint
2: Well, here's why Soto and, and I guess, in turn, Scott Boris don't like it is there is no cap, quote-unquote, in baseball. There's a luxury tax threshold, obviously, and a budget with which teams operate. But if it's a backloaded offer, if that's what Bob Nightingale's saying, basically, right now, those numbers are lower and they're going to grow on the back end, but Soto knows that the sport is growing, right? This billion-dollar entity, that these thresholds are growing. So if you're com- telling someone you'll pay him, and I'm just picking a number, but 48 or $50 million in 10 years, well, in 10 years, there might be 12 players that make that much money. You know, right now, there's no one that makes 44. And so not unlike $5 for gas right now as opposed to several years ago, I mean, the, the money's just going to be different at that time than it is right now. And so, you know, you want to account for that and bake that in if you're trying to put this contract together.
1: Yeah. Good stuff as always, GP. Enjoy yourself out there in L.A., my man.
2: Thank you, I'll Be well, buddy.
1: That's our own Grant Paulson joining me on the BetQL guest hotline, talking all things Juan Soto here. And GP hit on a couple interesting details there. This thing is going to get real tricky Uh, For both parties involved, talking about Scott Boras and the Washington Nationals. And something I want to talk about on the other side of this break, from an ownership standpoint here, we've now got our three major professional sports teams here in town. I'm not going to count hockey because Ted Leonsis owns both. NBA, NFL, and MLB. With these three owners that we have here in town, all of them have shown in one way or another, the inability to negotiate properly. And I, I want to ask you guys this. If the learners in Mike Rizzo weren't doing this. Con- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
2: Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.